Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the July, July January 8th, 2024 land use meeting at the Castro Valley Municipal Advisory Council. Glad everybody is here. Uh, we will start with uh, Council Member Prokopov leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Please. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, William. And may we have the roll call, please. Yes. Uh, Member Thomas? I'm here. Member Prokopov? Here. Member Moore? Here. Member Killebrew? Here. Member Carboni? Here. Vice Chair Padro? Present. Chair Mulgrew? Present. So all seven members present. All right, this is the uh, time in the agenda where we allow public comment and announcements on any items that are not on tonight's agenda. So if anyone has comments or announcements they'd like to make that do not relate to tonight's agenda, um, the, oh, yeah, please fill out a speaker card from the back or if you're on um the Zoom call, just hit the raise hand button at the bottom of your screen and you'll have three minutes to speak. Anyone in the room wish to make a comment on anything that's not on tonight's agenda? Do we have anyone online that wishes to speak? There is nobody currently with their hand raised. If you're online and wish to speak, if you are on a computer at the bottom of the screen, you can press the raise hand icon and that'll let us know you wish to speak. If you are on a telephone and you wish to speak, you can press star nine and that will raise the, um, the virtual hand and let us know you wish to speak. Nobody has raised their hand. All right, then we will close. Public announcements and open forum for the evening, and we'll turn to approval of the December 11th, 2023 meeting. Um, we'd like to note that in the call to order, it says, uh, I'd like that change to note that Vice Chair Padro called the meeting to order. Does anyone else have any amendments or changes? Would accept the motion to approve. I'll make the motion to approve the minutes for December 11th with the corrections noted. Okay. We have the roll call, please. Yes. Member Thomas? Aye. Member Prokopov? Yes. Member Moore? I abstain. I wasn't here. Member Killebrew? Yes. Member Carboni? Yes. Vice Chair Padro? Aye. Chair Mulgrew? Abstain. Was okay. not present. Five and two abstentions? Thank you. Uh, we have no items on the consent calendar, and I'm going to ask staff at this point to remove the month or the the meeting item for consent calendar. We don't use it, and so so going forward, please make that go away. All right, brings us to the regular calendar item number one: uh, site development review. The applicant is Sean Morrison. And is Pat going to present tonight? Yes, Pat is actually out sick uh, this evening. We have his supervisor, um, 
who is uh, virtually joining us, Damian Curry, who will be presenting. Hello, uh, good, uh, good evening. Um, I just need to uh, share something. This, uh, this site development review has project number PLN 2023-38. The location is at um, off Carlton Avenue, 19241, which is the address of an existing residence off of Carlton Avenue. The applicant is uh, Sean Morrison. And the application is, is for the construction of a new residence to replace the existing single family dwelling. As you know, ordinarily uh, projects like these do not require a site development review. However, this was made a condition of the subdivision uh, parcel map PM 10676 as the council um, at the at the time of recommending approval for this parcel map, was concerned um, was concerned that the residents would encroach upon or um, also block views from from uh, adjacent properties. <clears throat> so the the lot in question is uh, 6,300 square feet. It's in the uh, R1 zoning district and the Hillside Residential General Plan designation. And uh, this is a view of, of the current residence that is uh, to be demolished and replaced with the new residence. The, the new residence will be significantly larger than the existing at 2,900 square feet with an attached uh, garage of 930 square feet. And but the project meets the, the conditions of approval uh, for, the, for the previous parcel map that we could go into, as well as the setbacks, parking requirements, and, uh, and other components of the design standards, including height restrictions. So this is a, a topographical map of the, of the property where it brings into, where it, where it highlights the grade um, down to Carlton Avenue and how it's fairly, fairly sloped. So this is a, a rendering for the proposed residence uh, showing the, the garage forward with the uh, with the side entrance, and for the for the residents, the there is an an open deck rather than continuing the building wall to the front of the house. Um, the intent of that is is twofold, to both to comply with the design standards uh, for second floor area, but also to uh, provide a, 
more of a step down feature for the residents. And um, so as not to encroach visually upon adjacent properties. This is a, a view from the north from um, across the uh, private roadway access way. And you could see on the left, the, the um, open deck area above the garage and um, also how, how the proposed residents will uh, slope down and, and um, conform with the height limits um, that are in effect. On, on this area, aerial view of the subject property uh, from a, a few years past, you can um, note that the, that the properties, properties in question, um, original contact uh, at the previous subdivision meeting was from the uh, residents uh, located um, back here. And um, they were concerned. Damien, can you, can you hold for just a second? I would ask folks in the room to keep conversations uh, to a minimum or quiet. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, as um, however, the council council was concerned um, also about about encroachment from the from the residents upon uh, the uh, two properties off of um, Aegean Way, uh, located uh, at these two um, spots. So this on this on this plan of the of the residents, you could see that it's uh, that it's. Uh, well within the height height standards, it also meets the uh, side yard setbacks uh, for this for this lot, as well as the street side setback. And this is the the view analysis that was prepared by the applicant that um, uh, shows um, uh, depicts the the effect of the proposed residence on views from these uh, uh, two residences on the GM. Yeah, and that is the, that concludes um, the staff presentation and staff is recommending approval uh, based on the uh, um, included conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. Much appreciated. Um, at this point, we'll ask for public comments on the on the presentation. Is the applicant here? Does the applicant wish to speak? If you'd like. Good evening. Um, well, Excuse me. Could you? I'm sorry. Make sure the mic is on. And how do I do that? Switch on the mic on. Mic on. There we go. Hello, I'm Sean Morrison, um, the applicant. I really don't have any other comments to offer other than we uh, try to take the time to take into consideration any of the views, um, the existing views to the east. 
um, to provide a little veranda at the front of the house to preserve as much of the views of the neighbors have um, looking towards the east there. And um, I've done what we could to uh, recess or depress a portion of the residence below grade to minimize um, the elevation of the roof itself. We feel that we've really taken into consideration the best that we could to the uh, conditions of approval to preserve the neighbor's views and um, have taken the time to design the uh, structure itself to be um, under you know the maximum limitations of the build for per the you know the zoning code. That's that's all I have to offer. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. All right. Is there anyone in the in the room that would like to uh, offer comment on this item? Do we have anyone online? If there's anyone online who wishes to speak on this item and you're on a computer at the bottom of your screen, there's the raise hand icon. If you could press that so we could recognize you. Um, if you're on the phone and you wish to speak, you can press star nine and that will raise your virtual hand so we can hear what you have to say. So far, nobody's raised their hands. Thank you. All right, we'll close public comment on this item and turn to the council for comments and questions. And we'll start with council member Killebrew. I don't have any questions. Councilmember Prokopal, have you anything? Uh, I would, I did, but uh, it was answered by the initial presentation. I was wondering if we were also looking at the subdivision, but that's already been done. Thank you. Councilmember Carboni. Yeah, thank you, um, just for the applicant, Sean. Um, you know, the simulations are, are fine. I mean, uh, my question is, is, I just couldn't tell on the elevations to this compared to the property to the, the left. It was actually a little lower than the house that's directly to the left. You've got it stepped down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, looking right, you're standing in front of it facing the property and it looks that the elevation drawings looks like it's actually lower than the property that's set to the left. So if you're standing back to the street, looking straight at it, and there's the that newer home on the left side. Yeah, a two story. It's left. It's lower than that. Um, we don't have like surveying of the exact elevation of that of that roof line, that ridge itself. Yeah. But the reason why we felt that it was necessary to minimize the, the elevation of it was yeah. to not block or to preserve as best as we could the, the views, not necessarily the house directly adjacent to it, but the house behind it as well. Got it. No, it looks it looks lower now. I think you did what you could on that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. That's only question. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> Councilmember Moore. Yeah, I, I just was looking at the pictures, trying to get an idea. The setback, which appears to be the side of the house, but really the back of the house, um, in the existing home, is that five foot also? Uh, you're asking if the if the existing residence is set back five feet. So it's no it's no change in the um, uh, the the distance between the property line and the um, I guess the side of the house or the back of the house, depending on where you're standing. I believe the existing residence has a greater than a five foot setback, but I don't have that off the top of my head what that survey is. Okay. Thank you. Sure. That it, Chuck. Councilmember Thomas. Damien, I just had a quick question. Um, I I didn't really hear you say, uh, or did I hear you say, uh, 
neighbors still have concerns or uh, was that from before? I know that was that was during um, the um, during during the hearing, the CV Mac hearing for the parcel map that the that the concerns were expressed both to staff and and to council. Uh, the the applicant has has um, uh, spoken with with the the current neighbors and uh, staff uh, staff did did receive this evening a contact from a, from a neighbor and and provided the the staff report and presentation. Um, but other than that person, uh, staff has not received contact from a neighbor. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair Padro. Thank you, Mr. Chair. No comment. <clears throat> at this time. Okay. Um, I have no questions. Um, I appreciate what the applicant has done to preserve and be considerate of, of the neighbors. And uh, I wish you luck with this. And at this point, I'll make the motion to approve PLN 2023-00038. Oh, second. Thank you. Roll call, please. Sure. Member Thomas? Yes. Member Prokopov? Yes. Member Moore? Yes. Member Killebrew? Aye. Member Carboni? Yes. Vice Chair Padro? Aye. Chair Mulgrew? Aye. Great. Seven zero. Thank you. And we'll, uh, I just want to, I just want to say I appreciate that, uh, the assigned planner on this is not well enough to be uh, Mr. Curry filling in for him, but we did, you know, in, in past say that we would try to have presenters in person and uh, understand this is a special situation. Right. I think okay. item number two, site development review. Hello, my name is Michael Fleming um, from the Alameda County Planning Department. I'm going to share my screen in just a second. Hold one second. So this is item number two, PLN 2023-00116 site development review to allow an exterior facade remodel for an existing fast food restaurant, which happens to be Jack in the Box on Castro Valley Boulevard. That's at 3035 Castro Valley Boulevard, 084A-00360102. It's uh, the applicant is Gabriella Marks. Uh, it's exempt from CEQA uh, 15301, Class 1 existing facilities. Uh, here's the aerial view of it. Um, the zoning was sub-7 in the Castro Valley Central Business District Specific Plan. Uh, its general plan is also a sub-area in the, the general plan as Area 5 and its core pedestrian retail. <clears throat> Uh, some of the planning considerations, um, this permit was required due to the amount of modifications that the project was going through. There is no change to the parking and the signage will be under a separate permit. So we're, we're here tonight because of the different modifications. 
this is uh, the site plan. You see the parking and the building. Uh, this is uh, their demo plan. Uh, it's a little confusing to see uh, what's going on here, but as you'll see later, it'll be more clear. Uh, here is what they are changing it to. Uh, right now, the building right at this level, this is one solid wall, and they're adding this kind of wood detail, some other different colors. Uh, they're adding this kind of uh, textured reddish color. Uh, they're changing some other things, uh, the stonework and stuff like that. Uh, so that's um, some of the elevations. Those are the other two elevations. Um, here's the color palette. Now, if, if um, in the staff report, you will see that uh, the colors are essentially the same as it was before, essentially the same as it was before. Uh, they're just changing some things around to make it look nicer. Uh, we are in full support of this project. Um, and uh, that's how I conclude. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fleming. Is the applicant present? I believe they're on virtually Gabriella Marks. Anything to add to the staff report? Uh, no. Okay. And then we'll open up for public comment on this item. If anyone in the room wishes to speak, please fill out a speaker card or just step up to the podium if anyone online wishes to speak on this. It looks like uh, the applicant, Gabriela Marks, um, is raised their hand. So, Gabriela, go ahead. Good evening. My name is Gabriela Marks. I am the architect for the project. Uh, thank you for taking the time to review our remodel. Um, I don't have anything to add. I just want to make myself available if you have any questions. Thank you. And may I just add one more thing? Uh, those panels are internally illuminated. They have a subtle lighting at night. So I just wanted to make sure the commission was aware of that. So when we submit for construction documents, uh, that is not a surprise. What's illuminated? The side panels in the drive-through? The red panels where the Jack in the Box logo is located on the front elevation. So They're the panels, are they back illuminated or front yes. illuminated? Yes, yes. You don't have, you have any elevations of that. I, I'm trying to see where your lighting plan is. So those panels are acrylic or they're translucent. What is it that they're? They're, they're, um, they're aluminum panels and they have some lighting behind them. So it comes out, it comes out really uh, subtle. Are they backlit? They're backlit? Yes. They're solid? Or yes. you're saying the panels light up. So you're talking about their edge lit then. So there's a light Correct. edges of the panel, not Correct. in the behind the panel. Yeah. Okay. And that is that is standard on every jack in the box that you uh, see at night now, you will see that. It's, it's like a, almost like a halo. Okay, yeah. 
be careful about saying that that's backlit. Yeah. Yeah. It's much different. Thank you. Thank uh -huh. you for the clarification. I mean, I'm not sure if I can share my screen, but if I could, I could send you a picture of what they look like. I don't think we need, we don't need it. No, no. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Does anyone online wish to have a hand up besides the architect? Uh, if anybody else wishes to speak on this item, if you're on a computer, you can press the raise hand icon at the bottom of your screen. If you're on the phone, you can press star nine and that will raise your virtual hand and let us know you wish to speak. No one else. Okay, we'll close public comment and start with council for questions and thoughts and we'll go with Mr. Moore this time. Thank you, no questions. Council Member Thomas. I'm okay too. I don't have any questions. Council Member Carboni. Just, uh, well, come back to it. Okay. Council Member Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, uh, Gabriella, just a quick question for you. I couldn't tell from the plans. Is, is, are the improvements the same height as the existing structure or is it taller? Gabriel, if you could unmute yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it takes like three steps to unmute when you're a participant. Um, yeah, it is the same height. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. I think it's like three inches tall or something like that, but overall the same height. The, the existing parapet is what is supporting those panels. Thank you. Thank you. Councilmember Killebrew, have you anything? Just curious what triggered this meeting site review. You said most um remodels of this extent i'm wondering what made this one require a site review so in the um castro valley specific plan any exterior modifications that require building permits they have to go through a design review and we at staff check uh, to make sure that uh, they may or may not require public hearing at the uh, jack-in-the-box site historically the the issue with the colors uh, had come to the MAC before, uh, the MAC wanted to make sure they weren't too loud or red, that they were more subtle. And so we wanted to make sure that you uh, continued with that oversight if you wished. Uh, that's why it's here before you today. Thank you. Council Member Carboni, are you ready yeah. No, uh, uh, Council Member asked the question that I was wondering about, but it looked just from the elevations, it looked simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> Vice Chair Padro. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Ms. Marks, the only question I have is the old facade uh, reflects the address of 3035. The new proposed addition does not include any address whatsoever. Do you plan to put the address on the front? Absolutely. Okay, it's not included in the plan. That's why I asked. Good observation. It would, it would be a requirement to include as part of uh, fire code requirements for, yeah. Yeah, correct. That's it, Mr. Chair, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Michael, can we have the, the slide with the north and west elevations on it, please? Sure. Are you, thank you. I have a question about the, the, the north elevation, um, and I'm no, I'm no designer, but we have 
three um, three heights, three different materials, three different colors. I'm curious about the. I, I think you call it out as is kind of hardy backer on uh, the the gray square on the left. Correct, and that actually gives uh, the impression of stucco. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a smooth panel. It's a smooth hardyboard panel that that is has like a plaster like finish. So for visual purposes, it will look like stucco. Okay, and that material and that look is on other sides of the building as well. Is, is that correct? That way, it's there. Mm -hmm. Not my choice, but okay. If there are no other questions, we would accept the motion on this item. Move to approve. Second. second. Roll call, please, Rodrigo. Yes. Uh, Member Thomas? Yes. Member Prokopov? Yes. Member Moore? Yes. Member Killebrew? Yes. Member Carboni? Yes. Vice Chair Padro? Aye. Chair Mulgrew? Aye. Okay. Zero. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right, we are on to item number three, the mandatory review for a conditional use permit for Patty's Swim School. Good evening, everyone. This is William from the Hamilton County Planning Department. Um, this is a mandatory review for a conditional use permit for Patty Swim School, which is considered a community facility. Um, the location is at 4621 James Avenue in Castro Valley um, under the single family residential uh, secondary unit permitted recreational vehicle parking allowed under certain circumstances, a zoning district. Um, lies within the R1 um, single family land use designation under the Castro Valley General Plan. Um, the use it was originally approved in 2021 um, under PLN 2020-00298. Um, the, the project is to allow the continued operation of a, a swim school um, and which is permitted to operate between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays. Um, there is also a proposed tent and canopy over the pool, which is pending review from the fire department. These are the parking locations, one at the northeast, northwest side of the uh, property, and then the other three parking locations are located on the northeast of the property. In conformance with the previous conditional use permit, condition number one, planning has not received a clearance letter from the Department of Environmental Health um, to allow the operation. Therefore, the facility is not in compliance with the original conditional use permit, condition number one. Um, the operator is working towards compliance with the Department of Environmental Health, at, uh, but is currently continuing to operate. Um, these are a summary of the Department of Environmental Health comments. Um, violations were noted in the pre-final inspection of August 31st, 2022. Construction plans were submitted to Department of Environmental Health on January 2nd, 2024. 
and approved on January 4th, 2024. Um, the next step uh, to receive final clearance from the Department of Environmental Health is to schedule a final inspection to verify that the proposed construction has been completed in accordance with the approved plans. Um, there are building permits that were submitted to the building department and also stamped off by the plan department as they are working towards compliance with um, the laboratory uh, compliance for the Department of Environmental Health. Um, these are the summary of code enforcement comments. Um, the violation is operating without authorization as outlined in the original conditional use permits um, and failure to comply with the one-year review as outlined in the original conditional use permit as well. Um, in May of 2023, Planning Department received a complaint regarding Patty's swim school uh, blocking the easement, the shared easement at the swim school and was operating without county operation, both Department of Environmental Health and the Planning Department's clearance. Um, on uh, May, uh, also same month, the, there was a failure to comply with the condition, original conditional use permit notice sent to the Patty Swim School and provided deadline of June 5th, 2023 to submit a mandatory review application. The Patty Swim School operators did submit a mandatory review. Um, that is why there is a hearing scheduled tonight, tonight before the council. Um, in June, code enforcement did see that the website indicates that business is operating and accepting students. Um, the code enforcement staff met with the complainant neighbor and viewed photos of vehicles parked along the easement and indicating the school is in operation. Um, also in June, notice of violation was sent to Patty's swim school and a failed inspection at the end of June was uh, issued and final fees were assessed. Uh, between the months of July 2023 and December 2023, multiple site visits, failed and reinspections conducted and resulted in multiple fines and fees, a total of four. And no appeals to fines and fees were submitted in accordance with the Alameda County Zoning Ordinance for the code enforcement fines and fees issued by the code enforcement. And a lien was assessed on the property for unpaid fees and fi fines and fees. Um, due to the violation of the conditional use Condition of approval number one for the original condition use permit. Staff recommends that the denial of the continued operation of the swim school to the West County Board of Zoning Adjustments. However, if the council believes that the swim school is a public need, is a use relating to those in the vicinity, does not materially affect adverse health or safety of persons residing or working in the vicinity, or be materially detrimental to the public welfare, injurious to the property or improvements in the neighborhood and is not contrary to the intent or performance standards for the district, um, additional conditions of approval should be considered if the council believes that this use should be considered. For example, limiting the capacity for each lesson, uh, providing timeframes for each lesson, and cease operations until official clearance is provided by the Department of Environmental Health, and possibility of installing a higher fence for the adjacent neighbors uh, for noise and also for noise reduction. Um, staff is available for any comments. The operator is also in the audience as well. And code enforcement is also on the line uh, for any questions regarding their fines and fees and notices issued. Um, unfortunately, the Department of Environment and Health was not able to attend and provided the letter, um, the status letter dated January 5th, 2024 to the council members. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have, uh, do we have the applicant with us tonight? Like to speak? Patty O'Brien. 
and I've run Tyson Pool for 45 years. Uh, excuse me, could you just speak into the mic a little bit Certainly. more? Certainly, for 45 years. Thank you. Um, and until that point, we, until about four or five years ago, when we went in to put in our variance, we were then told that we weren't compliant with environmental health. Prior to that, never heard from environmental health, didn't even realize that there were issues that they would bring up. Um, we have complied with all their issues. Uh, we are $330,000 into this. Um, we have been operating, but not always at that site and actually very rarely at that site. We were up at Forest Hills. We did a lot of push out into people who had crises, into their places to work with them, or I did. I went to their houses to teach them. Um, we are we are subsidized greatly by the regional East Bay Regional Center. Uh, we have various case managers from them that uh, we are the only ones who can meet the needs of those children in the area. People drive for hours because we can only meet their needs. Uh, we do fall within a lot of the. I mean, we miss some deadlines, and yes, I was caring for my dad. He passed away. I had some health issues. There were some deadlines definitely missed, but they weren't intentional. Um, we certainly put up so much effort and money in establishing this site. Um, the hope is that this site will always serve the community past rally far beyond my my lifetime. Um, and it, it we've done what the county, what the community has asked us to do, ironically, which was to move all the parking off the street. When we did that, then we got complaints about that. So there's it's a big acreage. It's uh, sometimes you'll see a lot of cars. I have six kids. We've had a death in the family. We've had a lot of visitors. We've had memorial services. We've had lots of things. So I don't know when that picture was taken or what that's like. I've tried to reach out to the neighbor that bought the property. I've had no response at all. We've had issues with that. You don't need to be concerned with, but he's driving 40 miles an hour down the easement almost hit me, almost hit friends, almost hit other people. So we have put in a couple speed bumps right there just to slow down. I would have them there regardless of the school or not, just for my own personal safety. Today we had a visit from, um, from Arnold for um, accessibility. And as far as we know, we have passed all health standards. We're only waiting on this bathroom. <laughs> And literally, it's going to be like the hundred thousand dollar bathroom because we've had we've had to have Greenwood and more redo the plans so many different times. First, we were told we had to have two bathrooms. Then we were told we could have one that was gender free. Then we or gender neutral. Then we were told that that one that was gender neutral had to have a restroom. It had to have a urinal. Then today, when Arnold came out, he's like, they don't you don't have to have a urinal. So we just get so much mixed communication. And what I found out the very hard way, and I did never realize, was that the different departments don't communicate with each other. I, I had no idea. Like I thought Hope on talked to so-and-so and I thought so-and-so talked to so-and-so. And what I and so I could never, I in between taking care of my dad and his death and et cetera, I didn't realize that they didn't communicate with each other. So that took me a while to figure out. Once it did, I was like, okay, I get it. And I was able to respond to all their remarks and get them over from one department to the other. So I hope that I can serve the children who are truly unable to be able to be served anywhere else. That's just 
the, the amount of facts. These kids can nowhere else to go. Thank you. Any questions? Yeah, can, can you just hang for, for a second or two at the podium and we'll ask the council if you have any questions for the applicants, just speak up if you do. Well, yeah, just a couple. Um, is the property that you uh, operate on, is it the same size as it was when you came before us a couple of years back? It is. Um, so there's a parcel, a small parcel in the back that was sold, but we never use that parcel anyway because the okay. main parcel is so large. Um, how many actual parking spots do we have that we are have, on the site right now? We, well, we could have, we don't use, but we could have, we, we had some dead scrubbage and trees along the creek side that we took out for fire reasons. And along with eucalyptus and that whole area is lined with all that issue for fire. Um, so we could, so we put in gravel there. They're true parking spots. But they could be so like when our family comes when family have a family event or something people can park there so they're not parked on we want to make sure if the person in the back if we had a family event that we weren't in any way obstructing the person in the back so we just had a little more parking so how many parking spots do you have right now that you use how many are actually designated yeah that you so use are designated four but we have the ability to park and or is there any? I didn't have Jeff draw that one out. Jeff, any Jeff, point in time where there are ever more than four cars on the property? Um. Yeah, there are. Sure. At and night. How do you handle that? When we you have only... a lot of. Oh, and for the swim school or for personal use? Well, I, we're talking about the swim center, so I would. Yeah. Stick to that. No, there are no more than no. For the swim school, no more than twelve cars. No more than four cars. How many classes do you do on Saturday? And what's the latest time you complete with the classes? We thought we were variants to four o'clock, but it says two, but we always thought four. And I, I don't know if that was not changed or, or whatever. Um, but we, it just depends. It really depends. It depends on the season. It depends on the. If I remember right, I was here last time when you came before us. So I think we talked about um, no later than two o'clock on Saturday. And um, we never and no earlier than nine at a.m. Uh, I think it's eight, I think it was eight. It says eight to two, but I thought it was nine to four. Yeah. I, so either either way, we're happy to we're happy to deal happy to deal with that. During the week, we don't use we don't use the capacity from eight to eight. We don't even start until mm -hmm. one yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe we do an adult or something. Before, yeah. but one. And um, they deem you as a commercial uh, pool because you're given lessons and charging for it. Do you, um, do you, is there an outside source that you would use? I know a lot of folks like uh, that are on the fairgrounds that, that have wells. Uh, once a week, those wells are certified by a, a lab saying that this water is absolutely okay. Um, for drinking, um, since this is a commercial facility, how how often is the water tested, and who does that? Who's responsible? That's a really good question. Um, we just well, we just when we redid the pool, we have an automated system that is was installed, and so that is actually reading for us virtually. But we test this, the pool every hour anyway, just to make sure equipment just isn't failing us, and a manager does it or an instructor does it. All right, or I do, of course, from there. 
Well, I read in some of the reports that that, um, that that they weren't happy with that, that the water didn't meet the standards or something. I think it was a. We weren't in. We weren't using it then. I think it was just a little bit high when they came. Okay. But um, we weren't. It wasn't being used. So. Yeah, the I mean, it wasn't burning and being absorbed as quickly as as it sometimes would be. Okay. Uh, I have no more questions. Thank you. Anybody else? <clears throat> Excuse me. How tall is the fence uh, that protects the pool um, from anyone? Eight feet. Uh -huh. And it has met, um, it was built, you know, exact to meet the requirements. Uh, but it's way set back. I don't know if you've ever been to that property, but it's a big piece of land and the pool is set way back. It's not near, it's not near the neighbors. Is there anyone residing in the home that's on the property now? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Has it always been occupied? Oh, yeah. It has been. So some of the cars in the picture could be the residents of the house. Oh, yeah. And and there's a garage, you know, too. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if you look at it at certain times of day or even maybe when that picture was taken, I could have been, a, I mean, we that they shouldn't have parked on the easement. We we understand that. We corrected that, but I really think it was a private a private event. I think it was like a baby shower or a birthday party or something. We could it's not really we can't see the date the stamp date on it, but it looks like it was a Monday morning. Yeah. So we, I think it was a memorial service that we had had for a friend. Um and then my last question. So to understand because I've never been to the property, uh -huh. um the image here with the driveway and the cars parked. You're saying there's an additional residence that uses the same easement. This is the easement. Okay. And so then they drive down that way as well. You share that driveway. Okay. I, you know, that property was just purchased after my dad's death. And so I actually really honestly haven't, I mean, I know that I, I did, um, asked a real estate attorney and went through the, you know, show them the pictures and stuff. So I know the limitations on the egress, but um, yeah, it's, it is okay. a driveway that's shared, but my property to, yeah. to whatever. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Penny. Um, uh, uh, Council member Killebrew was getting at this, but how many folks share the, Eastman with you? This one. Okay, so it's, yes. it's one one other yeah. property. Gotcha. Okay. And it it's actually, to my knowledge, that the property that they bought and the house that they say they're living in, I have photos of prior to that because I had to take a tenant out of that that was not paying rent and wasn't supposed to be there, kind of a squatter. And um, it's it was supposed to be red tag. It has a cracked foundation. It's on the creek and it has, it's not it's not safe to live in and that i know for sure because we had an issue with that with my dad i had to take somebody out of there that was what i know my dad was he wasn't able to handle maybe for another <laughs> but um yeah but i just yeah yeah no i appreciate that and then um uh but i don't just, think he lives there that's what my point was i don't think he lives there. It. it's not livable yes gotcha, yeah yeah gotcha. that was my point okay uh and then um for the health and safety things uh it, 
your response is that uh, all the items on that list that were identified by Alameda County had been addressed and an inspection had been uh, completed and signed off on. When, when yes. was that? Uh, everything was, and I, I, everything was signed off except for Arnold today, who came. He was the last oh, so person. Yeah, right. and he was from ADA. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. ADA is the best I can, closest I can get to you. He probably has another title. Okay. So this <laughs> but he is, came in for, you know, to make sure we had the right rating. Okay. So, yeah, it's just hard to know what the timing on these things is. But it sounds like you're, you're the the things that are on this list are being addressed and being signed off on. But They've all, to my knowledge, and going into the portal, which is hard to read somewhat, but I, yeah, they've all been done. And when talking to Arnold today, Arnie today, he said, everything's been done here except for the wheelchair access accessibility, which actually had been done, but it was measuring at 2.2 and it has to be like below two. So we have to go and just grade it down a little bit gotcha. okay. and create a little, Thank but you. I mean, it is wheelchair accessible, sure. except for the bathroom, which is what we're working on. Gotcha. To make wheelchair accessible. So then, maybe it's a question for um, you, William. Is is everything? It sounds like things from the report that was shared today. Things are not signed off on yet. Um, the applicant feels they are correct. So the building permit itself for um, the bathroom is still under review, so it's not issued. Got it. And the Department of Environmental Health checklist. Um, I believe they did do an inspection in July of this year, and the items in the beginning of the report were addressed. Um, I sent for a copy of the inspection report, but it's also screenshotted in the response to the comments. Gotcha. Um, and basically, the final step is for Department of Environmental Health to schedule like a final inspection after the bathroom is complete to actually provide a, a clearance letter for them to operate fully. Thank you. See, this is where I have, I truly do not understand it because in my, and I, it's, it's not easy to understand. Somebody's got to give me a break here. This is not easy to understand. So the bathroom does not have to, according to you, what I understand, the bathroom is a, is part of the building department, not a part of the environmental health. And the environmental health They both have their own regulations regarding um, compliance with ADA bathroom and um, commercial facility restrooms. Um, so they each have their own separate uh, policies. And That's not what we heard today. And we were both there today, sorry. And he said, he, he laughed. He goes, environmental health has nothing to do with your bathroom. So that's why we couldn't figure out do we need a urinal? Do we not need a urinal? Do we, you know, I, I don't know that I'm just. So, so, oh yeah. That's so, because the inspection was done today, which, which great. Thank you for advancing the the inspection work. That's awesome. Oh. Uh, so, so because the inspection was done today, we can just verify. And this was after we we all left to come here. Uh, we can verify uh, that information uh, with with them. Um, either way, I think that when the final building permit is issued, that'd be great. Uh, meaning, the final is once the work has been done and the building inspection department has cleared it, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, if that also involves uh, Department of Environmental Health saying, oops, the urinal is not needed after all, 
then that's great. But neither one of those departments has issued their final inspection. And once they're issued, then 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 that's great. We can we can go with that. The reason that we've kept it hot on it is because we keep hearing different things about and money. I mean, we I mean, granted, we are I mean, I took out a huge loan for this. So I, you know, part of it is we are deep in it. Okay. But but the other part of it is that um we keep it we keep having to have it changed because we keep hearing different specs for the bathroom and in, including today we heard something different today too so i think i'm unclear as to what the bathroom actually needs to look like of course we submitted the last plans environmental health was nice enough to rush that through and to approve these plans i don't know if you got a chance to look at them but that's what we're going with um January second. January second. time and then Jeff had to revise it. The yes. had to revise it. So just a few days ago. Updated plans were submitted on January second, twenty twenty four, and then approved by the Department of Environmental Health on January fourth, twenty twenty four. But that was the third. Third. So they still are they on the are they on the five week plan to get those approved or looked at? What's what's actually? What is, how does that look like for your schedule to have these things looked at so they can get a purchase? So I just got an email from from Arnold G, which may be relevant. I'm going to read it verbatim for the record. Arnold G is the inspector in the building inspection department. Uh, yes, I performed a final inspection today. The project meets all safety requirements. There are a couple of ADA issues. ADA means Americans with Disabilities Act issues. The ADA parking striping, additional signage, such as tow company and phone number, van parking, the fine amount, sign of no parking at the access aisle, size of parking, access aisle, uh, needs to be 17 foot wide by 18 foot deep. Um, these are not compliant currently. The second ADA issue is the path of travel between the parking and the pool deck, which exceeds a quarter inch vertical. It's about 2.5 vertical. I went uh, uh, with, uh, I, I went with the requirements, fire departments needs to do a final inspection or provide a letter from the Alameda County Fire Department stating otherwise. So fire department still needs to do a fire uh, uh, final inspection or need to provide a letter stating otherwise. Patty and I discussed the proposed gender neutral bathroom. She stated a urinal is required. I stated as far as the ADA building department, a urinal is not necessary. And I will look into this uh, once I return to the office. I returned late and I was unable to confirm their urinal requirement. So they have not confirmed the urinal requirement. Urinal That's has been an issue because it requires a whole different form. And this, and this email was sent today at 6.53 PM. But we have a usable bathroom that we've had functioning and no problems with for, because we only, we're being held the standards of a commercial pool, like maybe you see it a resort or something. Would love to have a commercial pool and be able to, you know, serve more children, but we can't. What's the so, total amount of students you, you looked at it per year? Each three. If you could actually, each, if this was up and running, what could you? It just depends. It depends on the season. It depends on, but you figure in a year. We figure maybe a day. We only doing three a half an hour, <clears throat> and if we go from eight to eight. No, but I mean, don't ever I mean, do. Don't you? I mean, could you say that you do a hundred students a year? Or, I mean, yeah, go, probably. Like, yeah. Total. yeah, a lot of it's repetitive because they're, you know, have, okay. they have issues that are 
autism, right? What I'm just getting at is, is trying to determine what the yeah. size and scale of what you're doing is because some of this it's, stuff doesn't. It's very small, and but we're being held to regulate the public school, which I, I understand the health part of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's health and safety issues, and then there's also issues. That you're, yeah, exactly, yeah. and 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 I think it's my biggest thing for me, and is that we were completely unaware of the issues until well, they came in, and I, I even remember calling Damien and going, "Wait a minute, like what? What is this?" And he said, "I don't know." And when they arrived, they said to me, "I said I've never seen you before. What what is this?" And they said, "Oh, we're really sorry. We had it's our mistake. This has slid by us all these years, and we finally." Got it together to figure it out with this last variant. So we were, it wasn't like we were trying to hide. It wasn't like we were trying to do anything. No, I don't think anybody was accusing of anything. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I just want to be clear yeah. that it really was, we were just really were not aware. And the minute we were aware, we hit it big time right. in terms of any safety or issues. I would, I would imagine, and, and thank you for being here tonight. Um, no, of course. Wading through this. Uh, I would imagine that if you're, you know, a significant portion of your revenues coming from, um, government grants that you have to report how many children you have in the pool over a period of a year. So, can you be? I mean, I um, heard someone say a hundred, a few a day. Yeah, I we've not. It's just it's, when you say how many a day, I can do that. But how many a year? It's harder to tell because it's the same students that might come for a quite a period of time. They so count. it's per day. Um. For example, on a Monday, like on a Monday, we have 22 kids that come all day, eight to eight. That's a good, a okay. good sample. Okay, and the Saturday. Saturday is four times three times three times. I have to. I mean, I can pull it. I obviously have it somewhere, <laughs> but approximately. 35, 40, maybe. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I do have the, I do have the exact numbers. So it's just in a software. Change of, change of question here. Um, the last time you were before the, the, this council was December of 2021. And with the condition that you have a mandatory review after one year. Mm -hmm. And here we are in 2024. Um, did you not, uh, what was your thinking? Where were you in December of 2022? We weren't open. We were up, we were using another facility, but not that facility. Okay. We were renting at Forest Hills. Okay. Yeah. And trying to do the work, obviously, mm -hmm. at the same time. But we, we use the Forest Hills uh, swim club for quite a bit of time. Got it. But but I think but but a year ago, right? I was or yeah, a year ago I was given a year for another conditional use permit. Is that the right timing? I think two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. So we were closed for one year. I mean, the site was closed. We weren't there. Right, yeah. right. But you were operating at Forest Hills. What period of time were you operating at Forest Hills? Um, it was kind of, a, 
I can't tell you exactly. I would have to look it up. And the reason I can't tell you exactly because we closed down completely and then we're able to make a deal with them for a short period of time. But of course they're a, they're a club. And so we had to short, shut down when they were open and I can look up the exact number of days. Months. Okay. I'd be interested. Uh, but yes, I guess I was thinking because I wasn't using the existing site mm -hmm. that I didn't need a conditional use permit to use their site because they had a conditional use permit. So that's kind of what um, I'll, I'll have to look up Forest Hills. No, if there's Forest Hills. Mr. Chair, can I get a question from staff? Yeah. Um, do you have a copy of the conditional use permit from uh, 2021 when we approved? Yes. Can you tell me what the uh, operational hours were on Saturday? Nine a.m. to two p.m. on Saturday. To two p.m. Correct. Um, and can you tell me um, roughly? I think we set a limit on how many students could be per hour. So there's no necessarily a capacity limit. I um, thought it was four or something like that because of parking and things like that. No, it wasn't written into the condition of approval. Rather than the intervals between each lesson be fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'm just looking at the notes of or the applicant indicated on Saturday they do between 40 and 45 lessons rough and dirty. Um, I, I'm looking at nine to two, uh, if you were open for five hours, it would be uh, four lessons an hour, uh, four cars in and out. And um, according to what the, the guidelines are, um, I have some notes from some people that say that the hours seem to be longer. And um, I, I, I am looking at, 40 lessons over a four hour or five hour period would be uh, eight kids an hour, roughly, or eight students an hour. Um, as much as I like the idea of the swim lessons and things like that, I, I, I remember sitting here last time with some pretty stringent guidelines about this is what we needed to do to move forward. And the, the reason why we didn't extend beyond i think one year was because we were concerned with some of these issues that have been brought to us before and um i'm reading this and as i'm misreading it the similar feedback that we're getting is almost the same you know and um so am i is would this be premature coming to us without building signing off 100% with a final and uh, environmental health, providing a certificate that says that they meet all the guidelines that are set for them? So the reason that staff brought it before you is because we, we did uh, gain uh, a response from the operator to go with a mandatory review. And so from the time we received the application for mandatory review to now, we're, we've been working with them to to gain compliance with the other uh, departments. It seems like they have uh, done a lot towards that compliance. Uh, it seems that there are, there are a few issues left, uh, and we wanted to continue holding this hearing to make sure that we all understood what the parameters of that um, status 
are, right? They're, they are working towards compliance. There's still some issues left. Uh, in the past, there, there has been slow action in gaining that compliance. So so I think with this hearing, we're, we're, we're speeding up towards that compliance. So hopefully we can get to the finish line if, if this is the, uh, the max desire. We also understand that there's some issues uh, with nuisances uh, or potential nuisances to the neighbors. And that's something that is separate from the health safety issues that, that Mac may want to address. I, I have a question. So it's not per hour. We do lessons staggered every 30 minutes, but they're staggered within our instructors. We stagger them. But from my, I mean, my biggest concern I've always heard from the Mac board is the parking out on the street. That's always been the complaint. Can't park out on the street, too many parking out on the street, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and we acknowledge that, you know, that sometimes people stay a little longer, take a little longer to get dressed, especially with kids who have disabilities that we serve, it takes a little longer to get out of there and another person will come in. So we were, we thought that we were doing the neighbor and, and the community a favor by bringing more parking onto the site and accommodating all so that there were actually no street parking that was necessary. And then we hear the opposite now that we were, you know, we have a nuisance in the back. So then we started to have some street parking again, just for our instructors. So we clearly yeah. only will have four, and some of our instructors, you know, they don't even drive. So. Uh, yeah, I understand. I, I'm just concerned when I, when you operate a business in a residential community, it's almost like you have to walk on eggshells. I know. <laughs> because you don't really want to upset the community because you really, um, you're, you're in a residential area and you're kind of asking for permission to operate in a residential area when you're not really uh, designed for it. And, um, you know, I, I, one thing I would say to you is... Um, We've had great respect for that, which is yeah. why we tried to accommodate taking all the parking up the street and putting it on the property. And we're, we're su I mean, we're super aware, aware of that. We do yeah. not... I don't think we have no, there's no garbage, there's no noise that you can hear. Even when I'm in, if I'm in the house and someone's outside, it's just a very, um, it's it's where it sits on the property that's not infringing on the neighbors. Eddie, after, after you um, ran the school at the Forest Hills location, when did you come back and start operating full-time at the current? We still aren't operating full time. We're just doing mainly our regional center autistic kids. Well, let me phrase it a different way. When did you start operating solely out of your current location after Forest Hills? We started in late September doing some kids to that location. So September of what year? This year. Prior to that, we were using other locations or going out. I was going out to people's houses to just for emergency purposes. Mm -hmm. just kids that really, really need it. Thank you. Are we doing public comment or are we can we ask staff questions or uh, she does she have how is it working right now? If you wish to ask the applicant anything, please do. I just have a common question for both staff and Roy. 
the it says on the preclusion, right? Um, so life safety concerns, and you want to see operations, right? What kind of life safety sub and concerns like uh, environmental health stuff, or what is it? What are they talking about? Well, whenever there is building code uh, issues unresolved, those are considered life safety. Um, so, so uh, that's that's what what the reference is for. Um, other than that, it's it's other zoning regulations that that we're looking at. So obviously, they're working towards. I know you said that is is speeding up. How long will it take for everything to squared away? So so plans have been submitted. They're under uh, uh, there. It looks like the plans have been approved, and now it's a matter of doing the inspection of the work that's been done to comply with that. So so building just went on their final inspection as I read it into the record. Uh, they're looking at some um, some updates to ADA compliance. So as soon as those can be updated and reinspected, then they can be signed off. Uh, and then Arnold uh, G, the inspector, for what I read into the record, is looking into the the bathroom issue. Okay, I mean, so, uh, so it should be depending on on the back and forth with the it seems the building inspection department and, and the operator to make sure that those updates are done as as long as those updates are done uh, in a timely fashion, then the inspection could also be done in a timely fashion. We're looking at hopefully a matter of weeks. Okay, I mean, uh, I have a question. So we we don't we we don't serve we can't teach anybody in a wheelchair. I would have the skills. Um, but the accessibility has to be for people that are obviously coming to the site, which I think is great. And we've always had that. But I, the, access, the accessibility, when I was talking to Arn, Arnie today, he said, you know, it doesn't affect, Patty, your ability to teach kids. We're talking about a minimal amount of grading that needs to be grinded. So he didn't feel like that was, that should have stopped the operation of the swim school at any time because it is accessible. We're just talking about people that did the pavement, as you can tell from his report, we saw him level, we put the level off everything. It's very, very minor. We're talking stripes need to be repainted by a foot, like slight elevation, grinding. See, when you um, say seize operations, I kind of, kind of, it's kind of a hard thing. Patty Sim School has been around for a, for a long time, right? So seize operations, I don't think is a, this is a strong term for me. For me, it's a strong term. So I would say, you know, can we come back? I'm requesting come back in 60 days to see if everything is done. And we're then... not there yet. Oh, we're we're not... Not... Okay. Vice Chair Padro. Thank you, Mr. Chair. First of all, Patty, I want to wish you give you my condolences for your recent loss. Kind of gets hidden in what we've been talking about. Anyway. It was it was a long or journey. Or somebody's in condolences. Please. Thank you. All right. In addition to that, if I might for a moment, there seems to be some nebulous understanding about hours of operation that you may have versus what may or may not have been assessed, unexpected, uh, or any condition earlier versus what we have on the floor now. Can you let a, the, the MAC know what you understand is your money to try the operation place? Yes. So we, I think when our original variance was written, I would have to look, and I think that's why I didn't catch that. What enough. is your understanding of your current operations? Please? My current operation Monday through Thursday is 8 to 8. So okay. we don't need that availability. Okay. And okay. What, is, what is your understanding Saturday, Sundays, and so holidays? Saturdays we thought was 9 to 4. Okay. Hang with that idea for a second. Steph, what are the specific conditions of approval having to do with time of operation, please? 
uh, I will share the screen of the actual resolution itself here with you. So number two of the conditional uh, use permit resolution, condition of approval number two, once allowed to reopen by the Department of Environmental Health, the operation of the facility shall occur between the hours of 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday, and from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays. Thank you. So contrary to what you may have been thinking, Saturday operations from 9 until 2. Yeah, so I would should hope- we, Should we agree to, to that? Yeah, yes, but I, I would love to have it expanded a little bit because there's so many working families and people drive so far from to come to us that Saturdays is what they depend on. Uh, so it'd be great to have it to four. It doesn't, the, okay. the starting time doesn't matter. That's something else you might be able to cross that bridge when we come okay. to it. Beyond that, how many full-time or part-time instructors, instructors do you have on a daily basis? I uh, usually, I, it depends on the season, um, but I have three or four, and they run, but they only teach for, you know, they're mainly, well, most, some of them are students. In, fact, in the summertime, we get a lot of students that teach for like two or three hours, and we have some full-time employees that work throughout the year. That's why I'm having a difficult time asking what you're trying to Help us understand. It depends on the season, I guess is the best okay. way to put it. So okay. in the winter, so, for example, at this time, we only have three or four instructors that work full-time for us. So three or four full-time instructors with each of them being maxed at three students per instructor. Oh, no. Three? We only do private lessons. We only do one-on-one -on -one lessons. So if you have three or four instructors, we have, including yourself or not including yourself? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I do teach sometimes, but... I'm, so, I mainly train. So what I understand is that passive citizen, so to speak, is that at every any given time, you will have three or four max students That's correct. in the pool per time frame. That's exactly correct. And help me understand why we have, someone's been talking about 16 or 18 parking spots, if that transpires the way you're saying. Those aren't really, those aren't parking spots. I mean, they're, it's graveled, Right, and people can park off the off the. Well, the pictures the that I've seen indicate otherwise. There's not three or four people cars parked there. There's many more. And yes, the, and the public comments outside have indicated there's been many cars there several times, well enough to exceed what you're telling us as far as what's ongoing instruction. I can't speak to the time that those photos were taken. Okay. Um, you know, because we, we do use, we are, I do have six children and we do, we do. Do any of them drive? They all drive. They all drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and, and before that, when my dad was living there, he required a lot of care. So he had a lot of caregivers, he had occupational therapists, physical therapists, nurses. It was a so lot of what I understand ongoing is that there are many more cars occupying parking spots on your property that are in your school operation? Sometimes. My kids my kids are all, well, my kids are all grown up, right? Okay, so, sure. you know, on a daily basis, no. Okay. But yeah. on a, but, okay. but occasionally, yeah. you know, if we have a family birthday party or something, I'm yes. I'm just trying to put my thumb in a Yeah, no, I understand. Some of the parameters that we're yes, talking about. I understand. Okay. And it is confusing because it is yeah. a resonance for most of the time. Okay, I think I'm through, Mr. Chair. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Patty, for uh, standing up all that time and answering the questions.
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna open up for public comment, and then we'll come back to the council for uh, thoughts and comments. We have a speaker card from Mr. Sherman. If you'd like to speak, please do, and then we'll go to someone online after Mr. Sherman. If there's anyone else in the room that would like to speak, if you could fill out one of these cards and give it to staff, that would be awesome. Hello, my name is Rich Sherman. I live about three doors up from Patty Flint School. Um, first thing I wanna say is I've dealt with the county myself on a couple of building issues and I can sympathize with Miss O'Brien when she gets told one thing and a month or two or three later, she gets told something completely different. That's happened to me. Um, the other thing, I support the school. I think it does a very good job teaching kids how to swim. As for the traffic and the parking, as I mentioned, I live three doors down. I've never had an issue with excessive traffic or parking problems related to the school. Um, that being said, again, I support the school. I hope it stays in, uh, in operation, and uh, I wish Ms. O'Brien well. Thanks. Thank you very much. Do we have anyone online? If anybody is online and wishes to speak on this item, if you're on a computer, uh, you can go to the bottom of your screen and press the raise hand icon, and that will let us know you wish to speak. If you're on the telephone and wish to speak, uh, you can press star nine, and that will let us know you wish to speak. Nobody's raising their hand. Okay. Oh, there's somebody. Thank you very much. Whenever you're ready. Okay. I'm looking at your. My name is Suzanne Chartmark, and I would like to speak on behalf of Patty Swim School as far as the uh, community value and the importance of having something like this in any area. That it's here is great, but I mean, it is. It is the, um, an amazing thing. These are letters that various people have written. And I can speak as a parent who sent three of her, my kids, through Patty Swim School, and now four of my grandchildren. And uh, we live in Alameda, and we are happy to drive this distance to come to make sure that our kids are water safe and that they enjoy swimming and enjoy water. So this is the letters that she's had. Castro Valley Municipal Advisory Council. It has recently been brought to our attention that you are reviewing Patty Swim School to determine if they can stay in operation. I am begging you to consider kids like my child when making this decision. See, my child has autism. To find a place that not only has welcomed him with open arms, which is much harder to find than one would think, 
but also knows how to teach him and make accommodations so he can learn is next to impossible to find. My child has always loved the water, something that is terrifying when said child also doesn't understand the dangers. Did you know that drowning is actually the number one cause of death in autistic individuals? Imagine being a parent of a child with a disability and having nowhere to take them to learn to try to prevent that outcome for your water-seeking child. When we found Patty's swim school 2.5 years ago, it was like, as a parent, I could finally breathe. They have not only helped provide a positive, sensory-friendly environment for my children, but have also taught him water safety and how to swim. I have seen my five-year-old fall into a body of water, not panic, and swim to the side. So please consider kids like my son when making this decision because it will not only disappoint him to have something he looks forward to on a weekly basis taken away, but it would also take away the only place we have found in the area that knows how to teach kids like him a skill that could literally mean life or death. Thanks for your time and consideration. Molly Seal. And this is, hello, my name is Allison Fargo and my sons Ricky and Andy have attended Patty Swim School since they were each 18 months old. The swim, swim school has been incredibly nurturing and safe place for our children to learn water safety and the joy of a healthy activity. It is a nurturing family environment where Patty and the swim instructors have watched our children grow for more than a decade. They have not only taught proper swim techniques, but have also helped them in preparing and getting certified for extracurricular scouting activities as they have grown up. Patty has also always stressed respect and responsibility and being good neighbors to incoming swim school families. There is signage reminding people where to park. She has also supported many school and community organizations with generous donations for fundraisers. The swim school is a valuable business and service in the Castro Valley and greater community. I would be happy to speak to anyone directly about our experience. Please do not hesitate to reach out. And this is from Allison Fargo. And we, we do have um, paper copies of this so that you can put them in your uh, files. To whom it may concern. I am writing this Suzanne. letter to you. Sorry. You've hit three minutes and gone a little bit over that. Three minutes? Um, I have. Okay. That, you right. yeah. You're done. Thank you. How many more? How many more letters do you there have? Were, there were nine. Oh wow. This please. This is a uh, staff. So those were emailed to you. Was uh, you and it's also in the public table as well. Mm -hmm. And were those nine all in support of Patty's Swim School? Yes, they were. Oh, that's that's okay. I feel no, that's good. I mean, uh, okay. Please, I'm sorry. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Suzanne. Laura, please. Hi, hello. My name is Laura Sangali, and I was going to read one of Patty's letters from many of her. Um, um, clients, but I'm instead, since you just got the stack, I'm just going to speak as a mom and a grandma. Um, my daughters went to Patty's Swim School when they were in kindergarten, oh, earlier, um, you know, four and five years old, and they she taught them how to swim. I am now a grandmother of four, and all four children have come to Patty's um, and have all learned to swim, mainly for safety. I think they know how if they fell in the pool at two years old, she's taught them how to get to the corner and pull themselves out of the pool. And she's been doing this for 45 years. 
and I just, it's just a testimonial to another generation of being water safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do we have anyone online at this point? Uh, nobody has raised their hand. If you're online and you wish to speak on this item and you're on a computer, at the bottom of the screen, please press the raise hand icon. If you're on the telephone and wish to speak, you can press star nine and that'll raise your virtual hand and let us know you wish to speak. Nobody's raising their hand. Do we have anyone else in the room that wishes to speak on this item? I will close public comment then and that turn to the council for comments and any any final questions. Councilmember Moore. Okay. Um, first off, I was here last time when this came before us, and um, you know, I, I really, really appreciate what they do at the school. I think it's a fantastic thing. Um, I, I, I did then, and I do now. The only concern I have is we had some pretty rigid or direct guidelines what we had to do or they needed to do to comply. Um, for the conditional use permit. And uh, once again, I, I go back to, you're in a, a residential community and you need to uh, understand you're walking on thin ice. Um, and um, I, I get really concerned when I read some of these things in here that um, they were part of the original um, uh, guidelines. And we're two and a half years later, uh, discussing, and some of them are still on the list. Um, I think if you want to operate a business, regardless of what business it is, I really believe that um, when the county sets guidelines, you have to comply with those guidelines if you want to remain in the business, regardless how wonderful it is. Um, I think um, what the school does is absolutely wonderful. But I also know that um, when guidelines are given, those guidelines must be followed in order to stay in business. Um, I don't think this particular application is ready, in my opinion, for a, a vote. Um, I mean, because I'd hate to vote denied, but I, I look at it and I, I can't see any reason to vote yes when all the information and the guidelines that have been given or not in front of me is signed off and complete 100%. So, uh, I mean, that's just my thoughts on it. Um, I would really like to see it come back when all the information is uh, to us that is 100% complete, provided by environmental health and provided by the building department. And I know that sometimes dealing with building departments can be strenuous. I know dealing with fire departments can be tough. I mean, I always say when you deal with a fire person, get it right because the next one that comes along may say something different. But either way it goes, we don't have in front of us in writing acceptance by these different departments. And um, I have a hard time, you know. No public comment. And well, um, okay. I, I have a hard time accepting something that's um, uh, that, that, that is incomplete or it, it it's in the process of being complete. Uh, I would have no problem extending the, um, the, uh, deal uh, but without the information you know just as my thoughts thanks Chuck thank you thank you uh, so environmental health are there anybody here online or uh, unfortunately they, they could not make it tonight uh, they did uh, try and provide as much uh, detailed information as they could uh, uh, given the the 
submittal and the response uh, with with the approval for uh, the bathroom updates. As soon as those are done, they can sign off on the on the application. So, but they're not here tonight. But it looks like they're going to sign it off, right? Is that, is that what it's so, so they, they signed off on the plans, right? The Greenwood and Moore provided plans uh, that have been stamped off. And I think uh, we provided you a copy of that information. So, so now the work would be done and then they could sign off. Yes, it's inspected. So, so the plans, the, the proposed improvements are, are approved for the work to be done. And it is, you know, it's kind of important that for them to show up here when you were talking about seas operations and stuff and just, you know, I, I'm not comfortable, you know, right. yeah. So uh, I'm just going to, I'm also agreeing with Chuck here. We need to continue this and give him a chance to get it approved and 30 days or 60 days. That's, that's my stand here. Councilmember Carboni or anyone at this, this end of the table. I'd like to, you know, catch up on this. I can't put a hundred percent blame on the applicant. I understand your frustration and not under understanding the system. Um, and the things that the challenges that you've gone through, I mean, they, they're they're real. Um, you know, it's hard enough to uh, run a small business without all of these challenges. And um, I'm I'm going to thank you for making the investment you've already made, which is huge because most people would have went out of business. That's part of the new model. Let's get rid of small business at every level. It's not from the staff. It's not the staff's fault. This is not anything here. But it's just it's just kind of how this whole thing, you know, kind of circles around um i i too kind of i would like to see this continued and and get you in a position to be able to get these things finally finished i know staff is doing everything they can to get these permits issued and things like that um if it, it was so important to environmental health i mean i would have hoped that they would have at least found some way to to be here or at least you know provide us with a statement um i i can't I, we can't have this conversation so okay all right. Um, and um, so, you know, I'm kind of in the same same exact boat that the rest of the rest of us are. Um, I live down the street. I don't see any parking problems. I don't see anything. I mean, yeah, there's been problems over the years and sometimes people get a little, you know, out of control. But there are public streets out there. and It looks like the signage and everything's, you know, minimized a lot of those challenges. And so um, anyways, that's all, all I got to say. I have some questions, I guess, for staff after if they have Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um uh, good Nelson. Um sounds like things have been hectic this last year. Uh and maybe longer than that, and just given all of the things that have been happening with the pandemic and what sounds like uh, intense family moments. Um, and what I'm seeing from some of the comments from neighbors and some of the shifts in timeline and kind of missed deadlines and things like that is that that hecticness has impacted the way that people are perceiving the work that you're doing on, on in order to be in compliance. Um, but I think we just, again, heard that the work is approved to be done and is in process and being inspected as it's being done. Um, and so despite the hecticness, which does seem to create some tension with some of your neighbors, I just, um, I would I would move for us to, to uh, continue this, but not shut down. I don't even understand that. Thank you, Thank you Ilya. 
Shannon? Um, well, I agree with my fellow council members that we can continue this, um, this item. I don't think that you should have to cease operations. I think it brings a value to the community. You do need to comply. You need to comply with, with what is being asked of you. Um, and on that note, what is being asked of you is very hard to understand and follow, and it's very confusing. Take this opportunity to say again that the Alameda County agencies operate in silos and they don't communicate. And it creates such an issue for people. You don't need to have a PhD in engineering to be able to run a small business and apply to have permits to operate legally. And that's basically what the county expects of us. And that's, it's very frustrating. Um, and I have PTSD from doing it myself. And um, so I share your frustrations. I've expressed that in the seven or eight years since we did our first project to our last project, nothing has changed. Um, and the inspectors will tell you something completely wrong. And when you go and ask questions, uh, you don't get a straight answer. So I, I completely share your frustrations. Um, that being said though, you, you do need to, to comply once it's made clear. Uh, building will have their own regulations. Health has different and neither supersedes the other. You do need to comply or negotiate with both agencies. Um, so just so that if one person is telling you one thing, um, like building is telling you you don't need to do something, but health is asking it, you're going to go in circles because health has their regulations and so does building. So I would comply. And then fire is an entirely different story. Also fun to work with. So um, <laughs> that that's just, that's my advice. Um, so I agree. I think we should continue it, but also give you the opportunity to comply with what's being asked. Thank you. Vice Chair Padro. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Patty, I've been moved this evening many times by uh, your presentation as well as some of the support letters that have been brought forward. Unfortunately, they're caught in catch-22, and I feel for you in this regard. The reality is there are conditions of approval and compliances that must be done. I, for a private citizen, there are some that I fuss about as well. They just seem to be nuisances of nothing else. Nevertheless, we have a community of about 70,000 odd people and they're, they all operate within our town under certain conditions of approval, including when the signal is red, you stop. And say, you know. So I can appreciate the frustrations you have been, and then the communication, the department and all this and that. As a businessman, what I began many, many years ago, I calendar and log every question I have, time, the date, and the person I spoke with so that when I was able to open my daytime, I know it's an old system, but just like an evidence to a judge, this is what happened on this date when this person got late. But it's a shame we have to do that today. In good faith, we probably do things, I mean, $330,000 to try to comply with anything and everything. I feel for you in that regard, and I thank you not only for that expenditure, but also for all the great services you've obviously provided. I mean, to me, that's that's very, very personable and meaningful, okay? I agree with my colleagues in the final analysis that this should be continued. Uh, there's got a couple of uh, T's to be crossed and a couple of dots, uh, I's to be dotted, And uh, but I too don't believe that there's any reason for you to cease to desist at this time. 
try to adhere to the Alvarez of operation, try to adhere to all the other conditions of approval that have been made and, and that you've been more than aware of. And uh, I think you'll just be able to thrive and continue with Castro Valley. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Uh, William, can you pull up uh, slide number six, please, from the presentation? Thank you. Um, that one right there. Perfect. I, I, I'm going to join in and agree with the rest of the council. Uh, the facts have been moving around so quickly on, on this on this item. Uh, it's it's impossible to tell what is static and what's fluid. And I'm not in any kind of position to say yay or nay on this on this application. Um, I think it needs to be continued. I am really, really disgusted that a, a, a department, uh, Department of Environmental Health could, could in good conscience recommend shutting down a business and not be here in person to explain why. That's just unacceptable, I'm sorry. Um, I'm also really upset that Again, it seems that we have a continue or a conditional use permit that is years past expiration. And I'm looking at um, slide number six here. Planning May 22nd, 2023, planning department received a complaint regarding Patty Swim School customers. Where what happened between December of 2022 and May of 2023 regarding getting the applicant to renew, reapply, extend, you know, to get into the process? So we normally send out um, reminder letters that, that folks should be uh, coming in for their mandatory reviews. Um, we get responses to some, but not to all of those. Okay. Uh, reminder letters. Uh, I, this council has had probably six or seven instances since I've been a member of uh, CUPs expiring and it coming back to the council months, if not a year after. Um, to me, that's, that's a huge disservice to the people of, of Alameda County is a huge disservice to the BZA, the Planning Commission, to this council when there are conditions of approval that are put in place for all good reasons and not followed up on. Um, I, I would love it if the planning department would come back in the next 60 days with an outline of a process that would keep this from reoccurring in the future. Sure. I'm, so so before that, I would love it if we could get a little bit more personal than I'm sending out a letter, a form letter. Um, it, I would love to see the process of, you know, after the approving body comes up with conditions of approval on a particular application that gets logged into the system. It gets a, attention from a planner months, you know, X number of days, weeks, months in advance of expiration and a certain sequence of events will take place um, 
that guarantee that that this application will be heard before it's actually expired. Does that make does that make any kind of sense? It, it does. We will we will add to the process we already have. Again, we've got um, the process right now is we do have the tickler and and letters are sent prior to the. Um, in this case, it's not an expiration. It's a it's a mandatory review, right. uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll send out reminder letters, and then when there is an issue such as in this case, uh, receiving code uh, complaints, then we will open up the code enforcement process, um, and and that may. Thank you. Um, I and again, I emphasize with what the applicant, what Patty's had to go through in terms of who do I believe, who do I listen to, what's the authority here. Uh, I also thoroughly agree that conditions of approval are conditions of approval. And that, you know, I we need to hear this once all the dust is settled and once, uh, once the facts are in alignment then they're not moving around anymore, so. That being the case, if there's nothing else from council, I would accept. Uh, and at and I would say I, I don't believe the school should be prohibited from operation until it's back before this council. So, um, if anyone care to make a motion, I'll make a motion um, for the uh, conditional use for a PLN 2023-00114. Um, to be continued. Um, or yes, I mean they're not going to get this even done in ninety days. No, because no, wait till they're going to have to get a permit, and they're going to have to get a contractor, then they're going to have to go through the inspection process. No, I I really don't. I think it's really going to be sixty days, and uh, if you if you do it, you know, if you go step by step and knock it out. Okay. Moving the, to the toilet's not a big deal. Seriously, taking the taking the urinal on or off, it's relative. Okay. Been there, done that. So I'm just sharing with you. This is not that big. This exercise is an exercise. Okay, so let's just go with sixty. Let's just go with sixty days. Then. Excuse me, Corboni. Yeah, Councilman. Um, Shouldn't we be extending the existing permit until this is done since they're operating right now without one? It's already expired though. I mean, they don't have a conditional use permit, it's expired. So we're aren't gonna we... allow continued use of the, of the facility. So we're extending the existing. Well, I don't know what we're extending. So, so again, so this was a mandatory review, right? Okay. So so the the MAC, Two years ago, wanted this to come back and make sure that everything had been approved, and so that they could operate. So there is no, there is no permit expiration that we're reviewing right now. Right. Uh, what in essence you're doing is pretty much reinforcing to the operator that hey, you know, make sure you comply with the conditions, uh, so that you can you can right. operate in full and continue operation while they're under construction. Right. Correct. Okay, that's what I want. So, so the the permit has not expired. It's yes. the mandatory review is passed. Right. We're going to continue. We're going to continue the review for sixty days. Perfect. Okay. I second that motion. Okay. 
Well, do you want to read that back to me, Rodrigo? So uh, this uh, body recommends that this item be continued for 60 days to allow the applicant to comply uh, with the condition of approval to obtain the clearance from the Department of Environmental Health and uh, building permit final inspection. Okay, I couldn't have said it better. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I second it. Okay. Roll call, please. Yes. Member Thomas. Yes. Member Prokopov. Yes. Member Moore. Yes. Member Killebrew. Yes. Member Carboni. Yes. Uh, Vice Chair Padro. Aye. Chair Mulgrew. Aye. Thank you. Thank you. And all right. Good luck, guys. We'll see you soon. I hope. All right. Moving on to chairs. Comments? I have none. Does the council have any comments? I, I've got comments. Please. Yeah. So um, this question is for staff. Um, so I know it's been a while, and over the years we've had a number of uh, daycares when they were, that was kind of a popular thing there for a while. We're getting daycares in, um, in homes. And there were certain sizes of businesses and things like that up to so many kids. And I, I know we had a there's state regulations, all these things. I don't remember ever environmental health ever looking at any of these houses for kitchen facilities, bathrooms. I'm just curious. I mean, is this just something that's typical for, say, a pool facility? And was this, did this reach some kind of benchmark that required it to go to a certain level? Or is it just because it's a pool facility? I, I'm just asking. So it's because it's a pool facility and the okay. water quality, the, the, the quality of the, it's a, it's a commercial pool facility. So the quality of the pH bounce in the all water system and yeah, the AD access into the pool, all of that. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, but wouldn't environmental health want to look at a, a daycare, which is feeding kids and, and then all the things that go along with a daycare? even i mean i get the water thing so yeah and then and also too especially the electrical and all the things that were looked at are legitimate so that's not the question it's mm -hmm. just but on a daycare though is that going to be something that's going to be required or is that i don't know how things have changed probably been five years yeah. since i'm remembering so, so uh, i'll have to redo some research on that my understanding yeah. is for family daycares it's the fire department that gets involved with egress um, but I don't recall that um, environmental health got involved with the okay. food that is serviced. All right. So second, second, second. All right. Secondly, um, from a process standpoint, to understand if there's something that we can or we can't do, and that's really with people dumping trash and these homeless people making freaking just disasters out of anywhere that they're located. And um, sorry, if someone's going to take it personal or not, whatever. I, I can't. The point is, is that, you know, there's no accountability or responsibility for these dump sites that are showing up all over our community. And I watch them on a regular basis. And granted, we have mobile citizen. Granted, our guys will come out and clean up this mess. And then more people just keep dumping. And is there, I mean, how do we find out what we can or we can't do or what can be changed to make people accountable if they're caught for dumping or, you know, or make these, you know, I mean, these people responsible for living on hillsides that shouldn't be there. What, what can we do? And, and whose department is that? Is it a sheriff issue? Is it a, is it a code enforcement issue? What is it? Well, it's a very nebulous situation, right? So, so it's not a crime to be homeless. Right. And so, so having somebody, 
uh, at a campsite uh, is not necessarily enforceable if it's a public space. Um, unless, for example, they're blocking uh, right of way or causing some kind of um, access issue, then that's that's. Uh, but should they be responsible? Regardless, okay. So maybe they can live there, but isn't there any responsibility that we would expect people to at least take? Or I mean, just the, the dumping and the garbage and everything else that goes along with it. We're just supposed to overlook it. But people that are responsible go do anything like this. They get fined, ticketed. And everything else i i just you know this yeah. so it's, just, and, it's kind of a little bit over the top for me. yeah and i think we'd have to discuss that in much greater detail because the homeless issue uh is is a huge issue that has to be treated with many different um right. well let's say we took the homeless part out of this now we're going to take the neighbors that are dumping furniture and everything else in the same spot i and then it just becomes like oh we're giving homeless people furniture Right. I mean, I mean, it's and it's. I'm watching it every single day, and it's just. It is kind of, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, it's not that we're not trying to help people, but people that are not willing. I've talked to them; they refuse help. You can't put them in anything. Yeah. You can't do anything with them. I, I talk to them on a regular basis, and um, so I'm just. I know this is a much bigger issue, but our community suffers pretty greatly on the outskirts, and it's just eroding everything. Um, and so I just wanted to know if there was anything we could do or not. Obviously, it sounds I, like not. I think that it would be uh, beneficial to to bring, you know, raise the flagpole, take this up the chain. Yeah. Uh, whatever the metaphor is. Whatever. Um, have we done that? To 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 look at it more comprehensively because this, you know, is obviously true in Kesha Valley and the Eden area and the well, Prairie yeah, area. And Sherryland, and, our whole area is suffering yeah. from this. And so to be able to bring the, the sheriff's office and behavioral services and uh, uh, healthcare services, all these um, uh, proactive healthcare services agencies in addition to enforcement, I think would be beneficial. Um, and my understanding is that Supervisor District 4's office does have a task force uh, that deals with this. Um, and so it would be good to plug into that and right. we could have some report out whether it's with district four staff or jointly at one of these meetings to come all before you yeah, to speak right. to it. Well, the sheriff's sure. office will be here next week. Great question for him. An update. The sheriff's office will be here next week. Okay. So we got a lot to talk about, I guess. Um, Ken, I think that there is a federal law that prohibits um, from moving people against their will if they're uh, homeless. And I do believe the state of California is, is asking the Supreme Court to look at that law, given the homelessness and the issues in the state of California. Um, and I do think that there is uh, there are two issues. The illegal dumping um, can't be attributed 100% to the homeless population. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think there, you know, one thing is treating the homeless population and and managing that, but there's another issue there as far as people just dumping yeah. uh, stuff. And um, so I, I think that those are two questions that maybe we could we could address and, and talk to somebody about because um, I agree. Well, I just think more, there's enough people in this community that are thinking exactly what I'm saying. They're just not saying it out no loud. Question. No question. I would agree, Shannon. We have a whole living room on Crow Canyon Road this morning. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I drive to Oakland every day and I drive early in the morning um, on Saturdays and I almost hit a sofa and a human being because it's dark on the frontage road um, and, and, you know, and it's not, 
it's people illegally dumping. It's not somebody creating a homeless encampment in the middle of the road. It's somebody that dumped their sofa in the middle of the night. And, you know, so, and, and that's, that's Oakland, but you know, we're not that far behind. It's, yeah, it's coming, it's creep it's coming creeping down. Have so, have you checked into the dump fees lately? At the... Well, and that's part of it too. Is yeah. But if you know if people are being held accountable for illegal dumping and just like putting a sign saying "free" on the sidewalk, that's you know that that shouldn't be okay. I have Either. two points, Mr. Chair, if I might, and they're directed at staff, and that is uh, along this very same line. I had a conversation directly with the sheriff's department two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I have the information specifically if you want, but there is an abandoned vehicle on Forest Avenue at the corner of Omega that's up on rocks because all four of its wheels have been removed. And I reported that to the Sheriff's Department two weeks ago, and that little vehicle remains sitting there on rocks. So it's just in tandem with what Member Carboni and Pillarbrew and all the rest of us, including many, many I've spoken to code enforcement, of which they have two people who circulate our town on a daily basis. Uh, we need more action by code enforcement on the dumping and the furniture and all that other nonsense. It has little to do with the homeless. It just has to do with dumping fees that people think they're going to they're going to mitigate by dumping in our city streets and our town streets. Secondly, uh, and this is particularly for. Uh, our, our street folks, that is the left turn lane eastbound on Castor Valley Boulevard, left turn onto northbound Center Street, now requires a four by four vehicle to navigate it. Or pontoons. Well, if the, all these potholes get to have water on it, it's going to require pontoons. I think I've made my point. I mean, it's either four wheel drive or pontoons. So eastbound, left turn lane on Kessler Boulevard at, at, at northbound Center Street, please. Well, speed bumps are one thing, remember, Chuck, remember more. And then home with Patty's fun school. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look into that, please, Rodrigo. Uh, the sheriff's department has been derelict in doing that, and it's just it's it's insightful. It just it's just just like it's no one cares. Frankly, bottom line, no one seems to give a hoot. Okay, I will forward um, the definitely the issue on the center street and Castrovilla Boulevard to to. But they really acted quickly when we talked to them about the curb abutments and all that here several months ago. They were on that like lickety split. But this particular street is just in horrible condition. Okay. Or it's a bill for my my my, my tires and my my shock and my the suspension. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We have to go down Crow Canyon Road though, because we like those bumps. That's the only way we can slow people down. Okay. Just yeah. He's got a he's got a drilling business. <clears throat> All right. Any other comments from from the council? This, any words for the good of the order from our staff? Uh, no comments from staff at this time. All right. Uh, we will call the meeting adjourned at 7.59.
seven, sorry, sorry, 750. Does anybody know who's winning the 